0: This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Friday evening. We start tonight with some, I would say, some very shocking news. It was announced earlier today that Lutheran Social Services of North Dakota closed their doors. The nonprofit made the announcement uh, this afternoon. The pandemic paired with, you know, drain on resources, things that are happening. So. The Lutheran social service housing department also uh, took a toll on what they were trying to do big picture the unfortunate things it sounds like 283 employees there are going to lose their jobs so please keep them and their families in your thoughts and prayers um, they're going to have a liquidation stuff in place not ruling out the idea of bankruptcy as well and I think many of us have to wonder because it's been such a prevalent conversation over the last probably four to five years Is Uh, How much did President Trump's refugee resettlement changes, how he's, hey, we're gonna shut down the borders, we're not gonna allow a lot of refugees into our country. Did that have any program on this decision or not? It sounds like it was predominantly about uh, their housing program, the housing situation. So our Valley News Team's Courtney Lockie actually caught up with the fairly new, I think he started December 1st, Lutheran Social Services CEO, Bob Otterson, Um, it's a little bit longer clip here, but she asked him about, you know, hey, what happened here exactly? A little bit about the refugee resettlement program. Here it is.
1: Uh, Lutheran Social Services, over the course of the past 10 to 12 years, uh, has been supporting its LSS housing affiliate, which was created uh, about 11 years ago to provide safe and affordable residence for people uh, in the oil-producing areas of Western North Dakota and also for seniors and families on fixed or low incomes. And and over that time, uh, part of the housing operation has been unable to cover its own expenses and therefore, the housing affiliate in recent years has been draining the reserves of the larger agency. And those financial pressures have hampered the ability of this essential faith-based organization to serve its clients more fully, particularly in the primary mission areas, such as services to children and families and seniors. And uh, Lutheran Social Services of North Dakota has been the guarantor of some uh, loans made to Lutheran Social Services housing. This will have an effect on all programs that are served by Lutheran Social Services of North Dakota. Specifically, uh, the resettlement of New Americans, we are in the process of working with the various agencies and partners in that, and we'll have a better idea on how to transition services to that very important uh, constituency soon. The goal is to transition all our programs to, uh, or as many as possible, to suitable other options, whether that's caregivers or other agencies.
0: So keep in mind Lutheran Social Services supported thousands and thousands of people across the state, so you begin to wonder, does the state of North Dakota step in and help them with some of these supportive programs? We'll remind you that Jessica Thomason, she's the former CEO of Lutheran Social Services North Dakota. She's now with the North Dakota Department of Health and Human Services, so is there gonna be something happening there? Uh, Keep an eye on that, because there may be a conversation there where North Dakota tries to take over some of those programs, and the question is, Uh, Will North Dakota support that or not? Uh, Obviously, only time will tell. Speaking of North Dakota, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum held his, uh, I don't know if you call him weekly anymore, but his COVID-19 press conference earlier today. Some big announcements there. He announced that yes, on Monday, the statewide mask mandate uh, will no longer be in effect. And so I just posted on Twitter recently, you have to wonder, did Governor Burgum do that because he knows that President-elect Joe Biden wants to have a 100-day nationwide mask mandate. And so, obviously, great political move by Governor Burgum because he knows how much the people of North Dakota don't want a mask mandate. So you can step in and be like, hey, look at me, I'm going to give you more liberty. And then comes in the feds and saying, oh, by the way, we're now going to mandate a 100-day mask mandate. And Governor Burgum kind of go like, hey, it wasn't me. I-, I had nothing to do with this. So. I don't know if that's the case. If it is, smart move politically, in my opinion, in the great state of North Dakota. Also, we know that there was some um, requirements for businesses as far as uh, how many people could be inside there and whatnot. So those are no longer going to be requirements. More or along the lines of, you know, suggested guidelines, if you will. Um, but also, they did talk about the COVID vaccine. Big conversation happening there. I don't know if you saw the story that came out today and I'm only bringing this up because obviously we've got a very large Scandinavian population in our community. But recently, fairly recently, uh, there was 23 people that took the Pfizer COVID vaccine that died in Norway. So they took the COVID vaccine. 23 of them passed away in Norway. 13 of those were in nursing homes. So they're, you know, above the average age if you will anyway so when they had the pressure today i ended up asking molly howell she's with the north dakota department of health immunization program she's the director there so i asked her about this i want to share with you what she had to say
1: CRISPR point of view 23 people died in Norway within days of receiving their first dose of the Pfizer vaccine with 13 of those deaths, all nursing home patients apparently related to side effects of the shots. Uh, According to health health officials. Uh, Can you tell us more about this about this situation? You know, I can only say what I've seen in the media. Um, I read the same report uh, earlier this afternoon. I do want to say though, um, From what I saw, most of them were in long-term care residents. And long-term care residents generally have poor health and are more likely to die just in general, unfortunately. And so if you're focusing on vaccinating long-term care residents, then it's likely there may be some long-term care residents that die after being vaccinated, not necessarily due to the vaccine, but just as a coincidence as you know, there's a higher death rate in long-term cares. And so I would need more information. I'm sure they're going to investigate it. We haven't seen that in the United States, uh, but all I'm aware of is what the media is reporting.
0: We're looking at also getting the vaccine into long-term care facilities here in the United States. As she mentioned, we haven't had those kind of stories here in the U.S., so we'll keep our eye on that for you. I just want to make you aware of that. Also earlier today, I mean, (laughs) there is so much news happening, folks. So we're doing our best here to cover it for you. Anything you miss here that we miss on the show, you can always find it on our social media uh, outlets there. But also earlier today around noon, Molly Howell, you just saw there, plus Dr. Paul Carson, he's with the NDSU uh, immunization program, if you will. They held a COVID-19 vaccine town hall. Well, one of the things that came up is, okay, so if we're going to reopen our long-term care facilities and allow visitors to freely come in and out to see, unfortunately, a lot of of our parents and grandparents that are right now suffering in isolation like what what needs to happen so we can open these doors up so more people can go see their loved ones um, here's some of what they had to say earlier today my desire and if i'm lobbying for this would be when we have um a fully vaccinated uh workforce and we have a fully vaccinated uh, uh residents and then a fully vaccinated visitor who wants to see them, yes, we open the doors. That that would be what I desire, what I think would be reasonable um, and uh, the right approach. And maybe it's not everyone, but at least you know, getting to where we have in the facility what we think is the you know close to the number for herd immunity where you would ha- have an unlikely spread throughout that facility, which would probably mean something in the neighborhood of 70 plus percent of the workers and residents vaccinated and and visitors being vaccinated. So keep your eye on that conversation. I'm hearing that next week there's going to be a hearing in regards to what can we do to start a change or reopen up the visitation hours at the long-term care facilities. We're going to get to get some guests on around that. If you want to maybe share a testimony around that for this hearing we're going to hopefully help provide some opportunities for you to do that. So as I said a moment ago we can go and spend more time with our loved ones right now that are A lot of them, uh, my grandpa's one of them, you know, and oftentimes in isolation, it's very, very tough to deal with for us. Just imagine what it's like for them. All right, let's talk about Minnesota. Governor Tim Walz held a press conference today as well. Initially, it was going to be about what he and his team are doing to protect the state capitol for the inauguration. We talked about this earlier this week where the FBI has released a report suggesting that in all 50 states, there are finding information, if you will, conversations about potentially armed protesters that are going to show up at state capitol. So Governor Walz wanted to talk about his protection plan. They also did talk about the vaccine. We'll get to that in a moment as well. But let's start with this. uh, What he had to say earlier today in regards to um, his thoughts on what took place at the U.S. Capitol and what they're doing to protect the Capitol in St. Paul.
2: I want to be clear there is going to be accountability. We need to figure out how to get through this. We take these threats seriously because they've manifested themselves. And then I want to make sure that the the professionals here tell you the precautions that we put in place. While we take them seriously, I can assure Minnesotans the preparation is is as professional as you can get. The coordination is uh, is happening, the Emergency Operations Centers are open and coordinating together, and the force structure that the professionals have advised and asked for is being put into place. Um, this has all simultaneously happened, why the State of Minnesota is supporting the inauguration efforts. General Menke may speak to that about the request for Minnesota National Guard. And I'll remind folks about this. Um, we're talking about security, we're talking about threats, we're talking about uh, fences, We're talking about sending National Guard to the Capitol on one of the most joyous, should be, one of the most joyous days in our democracy, the peaceful transfer of power from one elected official to another. And um, shame on this country if we try and normalize what's happening here. Shame on this country if we don't hold those that made this situation accountable. Um, And here in Minnesota, our first priority is the security of Minnesotans, and I feel comfortable that these folks will be able to uh, assure you that that's being done and one of the key uh, parts of that is is the long-range vision of capital security and uh, that advisory command, uh, panel that is led by Lieutenant Governor Flanagan.
0: There was a shorter clip I wanted to play for you as well where he talked about, look, it's no mistake that you've got this situation happening because of, he suggested with Governor Whitner, Whitmer in Michigan, he may remember that they were going to try to kidnap Governor Whitmer and so he was making some suggestions my, my point is that he was landed at the feet much of the riots at the feet of donald trump some are obviously going to agree with that some are not my point for you is that even cnn right now is beginning to report that as i said a few nights ago i didn't want to get ahead of my skis i said folks we're only going to focus on what's so we're not going to speculate i said just watch what's going to be coming out and now there is more and more information coming out that much of this i'm not saying all of it you know me, I've said already that, hey, I think President Trump does bear some responsibility for what happened. And much of what took place at the Capitol on January 6th was pre-planned before what took place at President Trump's speech. Let's bring up this graphic, please, where even CNN now is suggesting uh, that much of this was pre-planned. Um, and you can go and read that information. Um, there was a gentleman that was arrest—excuse uh, me arrested by the FBI who typically is out there rioting with other groups. Um, We can bring this other graphic back up, please, Ben, but there's also a story out there in The Guardian where um, an app called Zello, you can use walkie-talkies and whatnot, but there was planning taking place there. They've got some of the audio and some of the text within that app suggesting that they sort of knew the layout of the land. They were directing people through that. So just something to keep your eye on as the FBI and the DOJ continue Uh, this investigation. We talked about this earlier. There's probably going to end up being, again, I don't want to speculate, but we know for sure hundreds and hundreds of of arrests potentially could be much, much, much more, and it's not going to be a short investigation uh, at all. So wanted to let you know that. Also, back to the COVID situation, This impacted North Dakota. There was a question earlier today at the North Dakota press conference, also came up at the Minnesota press conference. But earlier today, the Washington Post released a story where initially the Trump administration said, hey, look, for for the second doses of the vaccine, we're gonna have this reserve. So we're gonna make sure that we've got a reserve in place so that as you are starting to need these second doses, we can be sure that we're gonna have the doses for the people in your state. Well, the Washington Post now is reporting that there is no reserve there is no reserve for the second doses and you have got many state leaders scrambling to ensure that they're going to have the appropriate number of doses that they thought to go and vaccinate people that they had initially planned to do so didn't sound today in the north dakota presser that it was as big of a deal as governor wall suggests here i want to play for you what he had to say about this here he is
2: so i along with six other governors sent a letter asking Why does it make sense to be holding back this reserve? Because they told us, do not plan for your second doses. You don't need to hold them. We are holding them in a storehouse in reserve and we'll send them to you. For four months, we planned on that. And they told us that. And I and my team spent hundreds of hours doing that. We sent the letter this week and said, don't hold them back, release them. They said, okay. They were lying. They don't have any doses held back there is no strategic supply for the second doses i have 2.1 million of you in line and they gave us 60,000 i can't go and buy them somewhere i can't beg them from somewhere i can't even have them shipped directly to me
0: governor walls went on to say in that press release look you know we would love to be able to, to to find these doses for people in minnesota and the reality is you've got people all over the world right now that are trying to work with pfizer and moderna to get these doses so clearly there's a lot of competition for them. So um, you could tell Governor Walls there very, very fired up again, folks. There was so much news coming out today between the COVID roundtable, the vaccine round table, the the North Dakota, Minnesota pressers. If you missed any of this, if you want to go watch it more detail, you can just go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash POV now. All right, stay with us when we come back. We're going to get to your points of view. And as always, we invite you to share your point of view with us, what you heard there from The situation with Lutheran Social Services to what's going on with the North Dakota um, long-term care facilities, Minnesota, email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.